might be better off, Kill. Honestly. Probably. So as as, yeah. as Greg yeah, alluded to, episode, we, we are recording this. Yeah. We're recording this the day the Oscars are coming out, and I have trying been trying my darndest to like watch all of the the nominees. And yeah. so yesterday I had such like a like a movie day. I finished Belfast. I had like 45 minutes left of drive my car. Nice. I watched The Tragedy of Macbeth. I watched Tick, Tick, Boom. And then I finished my day off with Evil Bong. <laughs> A perfect way and, to wrap it all up, yeah. Right. And I had been thinking about it. I was like, man, I cannot wait for this Oscar season to be over so I can watch some genuine, horrible shit. Everything's That's... been good and quality. Yeah. And try to be in good taste or whatever. That's exactly how I felt doing it. Because I'm doing the same thing. I'm trying to just watch the Best Picture nominees. I I figure that's as much as I'm going to get through. Even then, I'm still missing King Richard, uh, Drive My Car, and Nightmare Alley. But um, I felt the same way after a day where I watched Belfast and the day after I watched Coda. Sitting down to watch Evil Bong was such a relief of just like, it's going to be less than 90 minutes. And it's like going to be trying to make me laugh and being and stupid and funny yeah like, it was great i didn't need to pay attention at one point yeah. i got up to walk into the kitchen to like reheat a burrito and mm-hmm. i was like i don't need to pause this i'm not there's nothing that i could miss that yeah. would, would not like lessen the enjoyment <laughs> of this movie at any way exactly what yeah. was your favorite um of the oscar ones that you've watched so far because i've seen all of them except power of the dog in belfast um for a best picture i I know greg's gonna like uh tisk at me but i really liked west side story i knew i'm not gonna tisk at you no west side story it's good i just i have i have a couple couple things with it you know whatever but i thought it was pretty enjoyable it was great yeah i I would not be uh uh, unsatisfied if that ended up ended up winning which it you know might have a slight chance of of doing we'll see it it does. I think. I think he'll win directing. I think he deserves it for directing. Yeah, that'd be great. But that'd be awesome. Power of the Dog and uh, Jane Campion is that her name? Yeah, yeah. She, that was fantastic. But Licorice Pizza is is, is nominated for Best Picture. That's Best right? Picture. Yeah, yeah. But... That's one hundred percent my pick. I mean, that is just the movie I purely enjoyed the most through and through. You know, this I whole forgot. time. I but other than seen that, that one I, I I really like it. I think it's I think it's really special and just was a really fun time at the movies. On top of being like introspective and interesting and just funny. Um, I but I, I think Coda that, has a good shot at Best Picture. <laughs> I think it's I think it's one of those like feel good type of movies and like yeah. disability. Like it's it's about you know following your dreams and you know they all they eat that bullshit up all the time. It's it's kind of about how your family needs to step out of your way so you can pursue your dreams, even if they <laughs> if are are differently abled. That, no, I don't know. I Coda was such like a hallmark card for me. I would be pretty disappointed at that one. It's such a safe choice. You that know was I mean? my it's like, opinion as well. It's very yeah. like a, just kind of been done a million times before, but this time it was with a deaf family, and I still totally. thought it was a, a good movie, but. Um, and like the, a lot of it wasn't realistic as someone who grew up with like as musical going through, I just like, she just suddenly started, decided to pick it up and then like got into Berkeley without being able to read music. <laughs> like really. Yeah. I think that was yes. your biggest then, thing. She can't even like, read music. Really Ridiculous. upset. <laughs> yeah, I was like ranting while just, we were watching just, this movie. I mean, I would, I would go so far as I don't think it's, I don't think it comes out to be to a good movie, sadly. Like it is so by the numbers and then just like that her story of the music thing i mean that is a completely separate 
movie from what's going on with the fishing rights, they don't really blend together in a way that feels genuine at all or like believable. And I was way more interested in that side of the story. And anytime it cut to her in school, I'm like, this is just a bad TV lifetime movie. I honestly have the same feeling about Belfast. Like I loved the, the little growing up, you know, coming of age story. And the whole Catholic Protestant thing, it's like you either need to give a little bit more into it or just kind of gloss over it from, I, I mean, I guess it's from the child's point of yeah. view and you're not going to understand it because See, that's how it I justified really it. Sense. Oh man, I, I am kind of just a Kenneth Branagh defender, I think I realize. Uh, I really like a lot of his movies, um, even ones was, people really don't like, but I, I really like so Belfast. sweet. Yeah, I I, I really enjoy. I think I only gave it like three and a half stars, but it's yeah. like I enjoyed all of it. And Judy Dench's face, like the craggly bits in black yeah. and white, were just amazing. Here's a weird thing: I didn't even realize it was Judy Dench until I was talking to somebody afterwards, and they're like, "Oh, Judy Dench was great in it." And I was like, "Who? Huh? Like, whoa! I did not <laughs> but, know that was uh, her." The the pock like steals it for me, but then uh, Karen, Karen Hines, Hines Karen as Hines. the the grandpa was just fantastic i think he's the main reason i loved it as much as i did he's so good in it and i like i like the fact that it doesn't go crazy deep into the troubles because like you said it's from a kid's perspective and that movie more so than the troubles is just kind of about like morality and like what is the right thing yeah. to do right and like giving a binary choice is often presented to him catholic or protestant left or right road and that fork whatever and that whole metaphor like you know Oh, like long division. There's only one answer. Oh, not exactly. I think that was great. I thought it was all tied together nicely thematically, and I, yeah, I really enjoyed. Yeah, it. Yeah, I mean, there's there's quite a bit, and I just love you know. It's like towards the end, he's asking like, "Do you think me and this girl have a shot?" <laughs> and he's like, "Why not?" You know? Yeah. Hey, love this Oscar talk. Great high minded film discussion going on, you know. But fuck all of that today. Here I'm just on trying to avoid podcast massacre. What's happening? <laughs> Today in the week of podcast massacre, man, we're talking about Evil Bong. Uh, this is a podcast where we talk about horror movies uh, with a different theme every month. And today, uh, today's movie is Evil Bong because we are talking about weed movies, cannabis movies, cannabis cinema all April long during Altered April. Uh, I, my edition. name is Greg. Weed edition, yes. There's got to be can- cannabis. There's got to be something in there. Better way to say it. weed edition. You know what I mean? There's a way to spice that up. I the think. Cannabis Collection. There you go. I like that. Yes. Altered April colon The Cannabis Collection. Totally. When we put out like our packaged Blu-ray box sets of the movies we selected, that'll, that'll be what it, what it is. <laughs> My name is Greg uh, from Los Angeles and here to talk about Evil Bong with me. I just like saying the name Evil Bong. <laughs> with me today are my co-hosts. I'm Michael from Portland, but everyone calls me Murphy. Hi, I'm Kill. Yeah, and so uh, Evil Bong from 2006, a Full Moon Pictures release. Uh, if people out there don't know, Full Moon is like a production company that has made a lot of cult classic horror movies, for often for very, very cheap. It's primarily run by a, a guy named Charles Band, a producer and director and writer who's been working on movies since, like I think, the late 70s, early 80s. Like He goes way back, and he's still cranking out movies today. Um, this became a series yeah. with its latest release coming out on 420 of this month, actually. I, so, wait, next week, a week from this release that we said this, po- yeah, this podcast. I, yeah, I did not realize that this was a series. I had heard of the, you know, original, and then when I was, you know, typing it in to, to pull it up, it's like, oh, there's 
uh, Evil Bong 666. Evil yep. Bong 777. <laughs> what? And I guess now it's 420. Yes. The G- ginger Dead Man versus Evil Bong. The Ginger Weed Man is is tied in. Um, yeah, this well, is. That a was the thing. It, he, ginger Dead Man pops up in this. He is in this and film. And there's another, yeah. like, de- is it Demonic Toys also? Demonic Toys. Has, like, you a have cameo. Jack Death from Trancers yeah. 2, his, or Trancers 1 oh, and 2 okay. is in this. Yeah, Jack so, Attack I mean, is from Demonic Toys. There you go. Yeah. Uh, okay, yeah. Uh, so yeah, hey, way before the Marvel Cinematic Universe, you had the Full Moon Cinematic Universe. All these crossovers constantly happening, you know. Dollman versus Demonic Toys. Yeah. I was actually surprised there was not, like, a Puppet Master someone in here from there. Like, just, exactly, like, Pinhead. Yeah. Right. Or, or Leech Lady. What was, the, was that her name? Leech Woman? There's the Hook-Handed one, too, who's kind of, like, the main puppet in the first one. But yeah, they should have... Uh, Blade. Blade, there you go, yes. Um... So then, I'm sorry, that was going to be my question, Murph, but it sounds like you you are are knowledgeable of it at least. But are you guys into Full Moon Pictures? Like, do you have a history with them or knowledge of them, or what are you guys' opinions on Puppet Full Moon? Puppet Master really was like kind of one that I I got into. Um, I even have like a DVD set that's like eight of the films. Nice. And then three Killjoy, I think. And I was like, I've never heard of this. I'm buying this for Puppet Master. <laughs> but I think throughout the years I've seen a couple like Doll Man piqued my interest. Like, okay, I have to see this. Yeah. Because it's so ridiculous. But uh it's not it's they're like a step below trauma for me of like I I ha- I high I hold trauma in such a high regard for like the schlock that they put out and full sure. moon it's, it's a, i yeah. guess they're trying i don't think they're having as much fun as trauma right that's true i i would i feel like trauma is more of like a party you know what i mean when you watch like more like party movies and these i have a weird full moon picture is always like a weird tone to them like a slightly like i don't want to say sad but there's just something about the the feeling of these movies that is like grimier and like you know it, it's like more trauma is batman and robin and full moon is trying to be like the dark knight <laughs> a little bit i think they're they're goofy and fun in their own way but kill how about you how how what is your history of full moon no nothing <laughs> i've seen uh puppet master um that's it i think i didn't really know it existed until you know i met all y'all some of our friends but yeah yeah i don't yeah, some people so just have, the first they, puppet master. They have a pretty loyal following. I've also yep, only seen it. the first puppet master. Does it get better later on? Does do they really take off with like puppet master? I mean, the I don't even Reich think the first or whatever. One, I think the first one's pretty bad, actually. I know it's fine. Um, it was fine. They get more interesting because they're like the they're kind of the bad guys in that first one, and then they they become more of anti-hero type. Yeah. And, well, um, I thought that first one played with that actually pretty well. They start off as like the villains, and you kind of realize later on a little bit, right? That they're being used in, yeah, you know, uh, yeah, yeah. Um, I think they they've also done other stuff like they did Tourist Trap. If you guys have seen that movie, it's oh kind of like yeah, I've seen Tourist Trap, Texas Chainsaw knockoff. Yeah, I think that movie is fantastic. And but that's that's an early Full Moon release, I believe. Um, that's one of the, also the did... funniest endings oh, I remember. That... The chick driving yes. away at the he end has with like all of her mannequin powers, friends, right? The big old smile. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, it's the guy that played the rifleman is has like psychic powers and is killing teenagers. I, it's really fun. Yeah, I didn't see that until the the Joe Bob 
version when I was trying to go through all the, the last drive-ins. And, like, I'd never heard of this bullshit. And, you know, and it's great. It's I a fun really time. It. Yeah. yeah. Um, I, I primarily learned of them from, like, the early YouTube days of just watching Full Moon trailers. Like, look at this ridiculous movie. Like, my friends and I would rewatch the trailer for Trancers 2 and Dollman constantly because... It's just like a highlight reel of like shitty line readings and like stupid action. And, you know, those are a lot of fun. Um, I think I own Trancers 2 and Dollman. A friend got them for me. The same friend I would watch these trailers with, but I have not seen them. Uh, you made me think of, you remember the, the old like beginning of the internet trailers where they had the guy who recut The Shining to be like a romantic yes, comedy? Totally. Using Peter Gabriel Salisbury Hill. Like I always think when I hear that song... I cannot help but think about uh, Jack Nicholson in the car and, like, Danny popping up yeah. in between the seats. <laughs> in between watching these full moon trailers, I think we were watching that over and over, too. Yeah. There's also the one that's uh, Back to the Future as, like, a gay drama. <laughs> I do not think I've seen that one. You might have to link that to me. Where, like, it's, 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 I remember they always had from the third one, like, Marty standing on the grave. And he's like, who the hell is Clara? <laughs> full moon has also done as we talked about a second ago but they've done ginger dead man first one starring gary Busey. uh that one very similar to this in terms of its tone and feel like these early 2000s digital you know movies uh i think this is where you kind of feel that this is what i'm talking about that kind of sad i don't know that that cheapness and griminess it's so cheap and it's such bad digital like cinematography that it just feels low rent and uh you know what i mean kind of off-putting yes. yeah very much so i'm wondering i have never not seen ginger dead man but i'm wondering if gary Busey stars in that movie the way that tommy chong stars in this movie pretty much pretty much yeah i think he's in it a little more than tommy chong is but he maybe does even less because he's just really the voice mostly of the ginger okay. dead man yeah, but he's in the beginning a little bit as a human character, and he's pretty fun. Like, it, it's ridiculous. That is one of the few times that, like, my sister has, like, recommended a horror movie to me. Like, she came to me and, like, you have to watch The Ginger Dead Man. It is hilarious. You're gonna love it. And I did not love it, but I kind of did enjoy watching it, I guess, you know? Um, hey, you know what? I think that perfectly sums up my thought, just generally, my thoughts about Evil Bong as well. Like, we talked about this, you know, after a streak of Oscar movies, this kind of hit just right a little bit. In a lot of ways, uh, at times, <laughs> Murph does not look like he agrees. <laughs> I don't know. I, I probably could have been a lot higher in yeah. watching this movie. That would have probably enjoyed the. Like, I don't. I don't know if there's that much weed in the state of Oregon, but possibly. You should need to take a couple of hits off of EB man. Enter enter. Uh, what does he call? He just calls it there, right? The place Bong they world. go. Bong world. Yeah, exactly. Oh my god. <laughs> All right, well, let's start talking about it, right? Let's get into the nitty-gritty of the plot here. And uh, so, first off... plot. Yes, quote-unquote. Exactly. Um, So, we start with, like, a a pretty typical, cliched, like, stoner credits montage. You got some, like, close-ups of weed going by the the screen. It's playing, like, a Rastafarian song about smoking pot, right? And... uh, we get our credits. We have David Whitehoff as Alistair, Tommy Chong as Jimbo, which uh, hey, yeah. As Jimbo, soon as I saw that, I was like, hey, absolutely, that's great. <laughs> uh, so in the credits, I definitely noted Bill Mosley's name, which is interesting. 
Tim Thomerson, of course, is the actor who plays Jack Death, who is, you know, was in Trancers and Dollman and all that. Um, we have John Patrick Jordan as Larnell, and Brian Lloyd as Brett. I'm forgetting one, right? Bachman. Uh, Mitch Eakins is Bachman. Yeah, so that's, it's a pretty small Bachman? cast. Yeah. Um, and then later we introduce our female character, or two female characters as well, if you don't count the bong or the strippers. Um, of, Greg, of course I'm counting the strippers. <laughs> one of them is named, to be fair, I guess. Uh, so, we open with Alistair, played by David Whiteoff, like I said. A very typical, you know, movie nerd with his, like, glasses and his hair parted in a, right in the middle and just, you know, his dorky uh, wardrobe. Uh, he's one answering an ad. Yeah, one of them even mentions how he, like, all he needs is a pocket protector. Yeah. And he would be, like, the quintessential nerd. I know. I almost said pocket protector, then realized, I don't really know, that's just a joke. He doesn't actually have one. Yeah. <laughs> so he's answering an ad in, in the paper for a spare room for $40 a week. Um, the place, this is my first, like, you know, beef. This this room is so obviously, like, delicately messy. You know what I mean? It's a set. Yeah. yeah. It's, like, a mess. But you can just tell, like, someone, like, went and perfectly placed, like, a pizza box on the couch instead of just, like, having stuff scattered about. It's so, like, set designed, you know? In it a way is, that made me it laugh. It is oddly, like, yeah, props around. And, like, yes. there's one part where he brings in McDonald's bags, and I could tell that they had ripped out the McDonald's <laughs> logo part. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's smart, man, uh, getting around those copyright but laws. To think about it, $40 a week. This is before 2008, so $40 went a lot farther than. Well, nowadays. we quickly earn it's not an actual room that he's renting. It's literally just a corner of the room. So, you know, $40 for that. That is maybe a bit of a ripoff even back then. But you're Plus right. Plus $5 living anywhere, for the mattress. $5 for the mattress. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so all his, his roommates, of course, are just classic pothead stoners. Um, most, uh, you know, with Bachman probably being the most typical, like, surfer stoner dude. Uh, although I, I... The burnout? Yeah, the basically the burnout, the one who's, like, doing the least and is just the laziest and is literally just around to get high all the time. Uh, Larnell's kind of, like, would you describe the pervert, I guess? I don't know. He's kind of a weird character. Yeah, he just seems to be, like, the 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 stoner who's just always thinking about weed. Yeah. And then we have the other guy who's, like, the jock stoner. Brett is, like, more the, concerned the stoner, about his yeah. trophies. Yeah. <laughs> and here's the thing. I actually think that pretty much every performance in this movie is kind of decent. Like, I think they're all kind of charming, not charming characters, but they give, like, fun enough performances. You know, for you what mean? they're like, going like, for, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Like, Brett is a yeah. douchebag, but he's kind of funny in the way he is a douchebag. And the weird obsession with the trophies, like, it's cartoonish in a way I, I, that kind of tickled me. Um, I actually think, like, the, the actors themselves are not bad. Like, they're pretty good. <laughs> However, we will very quickly get tired of this single room that this entire movie takes place in, essentially. Oh, yeah. yeah. Like, you don't leave this up this apartment ever unless you're going into Bong World. And it gets old pretty quickly. <laughs> so, yeah, uh, everyone meets Alistair. They all call him Al, and he does not like that. He wants Alistair, but they refuse. He gets... So, yeah, we get, we get this weird moment where, like, Bachman wants to put a shell on the shelf next to the trophies, and Brett freaks out. Uh, the word queer is used <laughs> derogatorily within a couple minutes of this movie, which like, sets a tone, you know. Um, Although I think my favorite joke is the 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 shell that yeah. like he 
tosses it to, to Bachman and he puts it to his ear and he's like, oh, I can't hear the ocean anymore. You broke it, man. <laughs> yeah, there's just like little moments like that that, you know, I don't know. It, it keeps you kind of chuckling sometimes throughout work. it. Yeah. Sometimes, yeah. Exactly. So uh, soon after this, we have the first scene of them all smoking weed when Brett pulls a I, joint out I, of like a dresser. I clocked it. Nine yeah, minutes. How, nine minutes. That's pretty long Less for a movie minutes, called Evil yeah. Bong. Unless you count the credits, yeah. I guess. But, you know. I mean, that's like a tenth of the movie, honestly. Yeah. <laughs> and that, that uh, religious thing was smoking immediately, that statue. Oh, that's true. Locked in. That is very true, yeah. Oh, yeah, I forgot about that. Right. So, yeah, they pull a joint out of, like, a dresser or something. It's just kind of, like, there. Some, and then they offer it to Alistair, but he says that he needs all his brain cells for his studies. Uh, <laughs> they tell him, if you live here, you're going to lose brain cells from secondhand smoke anyway, which I thought was funny. Um... And then out of nowhere, they're smoking weed, they're smoking this joint, and then just like, like, Larnell just pulls up a newspaper and goes, hey, there's an ad for a haunted bong. There's no setup for it, no, like, hint at anything, just suddenly we're reading this ad for a haunted bong. Like, it's such a non sequitur. <laughs> um, well, so, isn't he talking about, like, we need, the apartment needs something? Kinda. There's like a vague hint of, like, oh, we need something, but then it's just like... He literally just like pulls the paper out of frame. Goes, hey, in New Orleans, there's a bong that's the soul of a dead person or something, and uh, you know the music gets like spooky. The music in this is also very, very cheap and, and oh. cheesy. That was one of the, the one of the things that I had in my notes that disappeared. Was that the music was just the, the like music off. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. Aside from all of the various like songs about smoking pot, it's all just like. Someone noodling on a keyboard. Yeah. Yeah, you know, trying to do like spooky music, yeah. I I don't know how much of the credits you watched, but I, I let it run through and there's a lot of music that they claim is in the movie. But it's it's funny because you know, usually in the movie credits, whatever is like playing for the credits is the last song. Yeah. And there was like sixteen more songs after <laughs> the one that they're playing, like Mrs. Green or something. And it just keeps going, and it's like the same artist, you know, written and recorded by I wonder, blah, blah, blah. I wonder if those are all just, like, free-to-use, like, royalty-free weed songs, you know? If there's that many of them, like, how, there's no way you can afford to pay that many artists for these this music, you know? This movie, It's at least, probably their friend. That. That, or that, too. Yeah, yeah. It's Charles Band under different pseudonyms. Yeah. <laughs> They're actually re- recognized underground artists. Oh, there you go. So hey, this is Charles Charles Band then reaching, you know, deep into the underground to to highlight artists. That's cool. Yeah. Awesome. Um <laughs> I wish he had gotten one of them to do just the regular film score for this. So, uh yeah, they order yeah. this bong. Yeah. Uh we cut to them playing Super Mario World with just like in we need to talk about Kevin, the most insane sound effects. And movie, like I, I, I said it then, but like movies never get video games right. But usually they have the good sense to like not show the game a whole lot. But this is just like you see him just like playing Super Mario World with these insane, ill-fitting sound effects. He's like two feet away from the TV as yes. well. He's just like really close. Yeah, I think this is uh this is Bachman playing, right, or is this Larno? Uh, no, not it's not Bachman. It's Lar. I think it's Larno then. So uh, Alistair's trying to get his attention because there's someone at the door, I believe. And uh, he, like, 
stops the game and he goes, oh, I was on level 15. But of course, if you've played Super Mario World, he's on the first level, you know, so do better, Charles Band. Come on, man. Uh <laughs> Uh, Sonny Carl Davis. I'm surprised you didn't turn it off at that point. Like, I'm, <laughs> I, the reality has been broken in this universe. Look, if there's one goal I have in Hollywood, it's for proper video game representation. Okay, uh, <laughs> it's been long enough now. Come on. So yeah, Sonny Carl Davis comes in as a delivery man in a weird and kind of funny performance. I found out that he goes on to become a main character in the series. Like he is the only he's person in... that comes back. Yeah, he's in all seven of the movies. Which is ridiculous, because he literally has no connection to what's going on here, aside from being the blueprint <laughs> yeah. man. And he's, like, a little, like, vague and, like, you know, uh, you know, not threatening, but, like, he's kind of, like, the prophet of doom, right? It's but very goofy. Talk- yeah. Yeah, but he keeps talking about how professional he is. Yes. Yeah, yeah. I'm a professional, yeah. He's, he's really funny, though. I really liked his performance. Um, we find out that Larnell comes from Money. Uh, I don't know why I had that, that note, but he's just kind of farting around because he can, right? College, because he could be lazy and do whatever he wants here. Um, we learn a lot more about his family later on. <laughs> so the the titular evil bong is like, how many, like a four foot high blue bong with a woman's face, like She's etched into large. it? That's the yeah, biggest, it's huge. one of the biggest yeah. bongs I've ever seen. Very lightweight, yeah, yeah. too. It- it's got kind of the like the ho yeah the hoses that make it more hookah ish yes which is odd I just I want to uh, jump in real quick I think we've we've experienced it before this moment but we have a lot of weird bumpers like between oh, yeah. scenes or acts or whatever you want to call them for this where it's like rows and rows of CGI pot leaves yeah and then it's just like green smoke. And it, it's like every 10 or 15 minutes. Like, it doesn't... There's no, like, rational thought behind why we're putting it here. Except we need 15 to 20 seconds just to pad the movie out continuously. Yeah, they feel like commercial breaks. And, like, that combined with this whole thing taking place in a single room, it feels so much like a shitty sitcom for most of it, you know? Uh, <laughs> yeah, those those are really weird. I don't know. They're, they you know, they think they also just want to get more pot imagery in there. You know what I mean? If they expect this to like be watched by a bunch of early two thousands college stoners, you know. I I imagine they like they did the first like rough cut of the film, and the editors just like we we need something here. I don't, exactly. I don't know yeah. what it is, but we <laughs> need. <laughs> so um. With Larnell is like kind of like you know getting his hands all over the bong. He's super into it. He says it's made to look like a beautiful woman. He says, <laughs> and apologies. He says there here are her tits and there's her puss. I believe is what he says. It, it's insane and also looks nothing like that. It's not curved like a woman at all. You know, it just kind of looks like a regular bong to me with the face. Maybe more of um, a is it Venus de Milo. Yeah, exactly. It's like a Venus figure, Venus carving sort of thing. Is what I think they're going for. I don't know. I I look at it and I saw a Botticelli angel myself. So <laughs> to each their maybe own. Maybe he's on. Maybe he's on to something then. Yeah. Uh. So they smoke from it, but they're always they're already kind of like you know not that impressed, right? Larnell says this high is amazing. Bachman has a quote that I liked. He says every high is amazing, bro, or something like that. Uh, well. <laughs> 
he has that quote, but I I love he has a catchphrase. Yes. Did you guys write down what his catchphrase was? I really did not, but I, yeah, go ahead. Monkey. That's what just. <laughs> that's right. That's right. That's all it was. was. He'd be like, "Oh, monkey." I liked him. I don't know. I think he was one of my favorite characters in this, just because he's so easygoing and like you know he's just funny and space. He felt the most like an actual stoner to me. I think out of all, right? I that's what I was about to say. The only thing I would have done differently was like he had a necklace, but it should have been puka shells. Yes, totally. It was not puka shells, but it should have been one hundred percent. Yeah. Um. So pretty soon after this, everyone goes to sleep with um. Uh, Bachman asleep on the couch in front of the bong. We have a really weird of kind. This is actually this was I thought it was like sort of creepy, where you have like an R and B song playing in the background, and then you have the bong whispering over it like that it needs water, and then you have like Bachman kind of waking up and hearing this. I kind of thought that was a weird disconcerting effect to have the music, like with the the bong whispering. I don't know. It was kind of strange. I kind of liked the atmosphere that it created. Um. It was kind of well done. I don't know. So then uh, we have a moment where Brett brings two women home. One is a cheerleader named Luann, and the other is a blonde named Janet, her friend. Now, I don't actually think she's a cheerleader, is she? Doesn't she just say no. she just wears the costume? Something yeah, like that, yeah. That. But she's dressed as a cheerleader, yeah. So we have it's uh, Kristen Green as Janet, and uh, Robin Sidney as Luann. I'm trying to give them credit real quick. I, I did love her, the, the, the cheerleader one. Yeah. Um I very much like I I feel like I knew someone similar to like this in college. Before we get like they had run out of weed and Bachman's like, "Well, I'll go get a new bag." Yeah. And he's like passed out on the couch and automatically what she does is she goes to the bag of weed and just starts taking from it and putting <laughs> it into her own little purse bag. Like yes. handfuls. <laughs> yeah, oh no, she's really taking good. like yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, giant things to be like. I'm. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We also have a really weird moment when they're introducing Janet to everybody, where Larnell hits on her and she shoots him down, and then he has this really odd moment, which I kind of thought was like weirdly well written, and I don't know, but he's like, uh, he's just like, hey, don't worry about it. Like we just had a breakthrough in communication between the sexes. Like I offered, you said no. We're gonna move on. We're all adults. And I was just kind of like. Yeah, why is this weirdly like healthy worldview coming from this guy? <laughs> like that's really bizarre. <laughs> it's like he he had that one semester's worth of feminist classes, and that's yeah. the only thing he did well at in college. <laughs> it was just like weird, and the way the actor delivers it is like so matter of fact. It's just like, yep, right. I tried, he, I got he shot only down. Went Who to cares? those classes to meet women, right? So. Yeah. <laughs> I think I was I was worried at that moment when he started hitting on her. I'm like, oh, this is going to be some stupid, you know, sexist shit, whatever. But no, just that actually kind of surprised me where it's like he does hit on her, but then he's like fairly respectful when she says no. And they're just like, yeah, let's get high. Forget about it. <laughs> um. So then, yeah, Alistair comes to meet them and he has like bubbles over his crotch because he was washing dishes. And so he's embarrassed in front of Janet and Luann. Uh, this is where the, the music is just like, you know calliope carnival music it's so it's so goofy he's washing <laughs> his underwear in the kitchen sink and then he comes out yes. when he greets them he's all excited and is like holding them up <laughs> the tidy whities typical nerd behavior you know yep yeah 
So then uh, Janet is looking at the bong, and she <laughs> says it looks like an old moldy dick. That made me laugh. Um, and then the bong calls her a bitch as she's leaving, which, again, very funny. I, I just this had me laughing pretty hard. Uh, so they come back, and she thinks that either that either Bachman or um, or uh, Larnell said it, but of course it's the bong. How does this bong uh, look night, like a, an old like a dick at all? It's just I guess it's vaguely phallic because it's long and cylindrical. Yeah. That's about it. But it also looks like a curvy lady. <laughs> yes, it's a little bit of everything. Hey, maybe that's symbolic of something. I don't know. Maybe it's like, you know, to be expected. Kill, you look at it and you see two faces. I look at it, I see a cup, you know, a chalice type thing. <laughs> oh, it's just yeah. part yeah. of life. Some people see a woman yeah. and some people see a moldy dick. Yes. <laughs> so uh, the next night, uh, Bachman is asleep. And he kind of gets he gets sucked into the the bong after he take after he smokes it right. Um, it's like his first, essence. Yes, it goes up into the top of the bong. It's but his very human very cheap form looking. is just still laying in a chair. <laughs> so then we have a really uh, like annoying filter on the sides of the screen anytime you're in bong oh world. Oh god, it looks so <laughs> shitty. It looks so so Ugh, bad. I... Uh, it, it's, yeah. it's the thing you either you you could use it, but you do it for like the transitions between the scenes. Yes, you don't need it for the full five, like not even five. Literally, minutes, like four literally minutes. every second you're in Bong World, you have this thing. Yeah, right. The rest and of the it's movie. Like, well, <laughs> I mean, like we we paid for the the special effects feature exactly. on Final Cut Pro. We should use it, right? How else are you gonna know they're in a different world? There's no other way to tell. <laughs> So uh what okay what they should have done instead they should have gotten like a smoke machine that would have been a lot better like i don't feel there was enough ambiance yeah. atmosphere true in bong world that would have been a lot more helpful but yeah, yeah. it's basically a strip club a cd strip club the, yeah the bong is in like the vip section and a bouncer is right there in front of it the whole time <laughs> a bouncer who's like he's just off against a wall by himself like yes. you know uh I, I have a feeling he shot all his stuff within a matter of hours the bouncer you know uh they brought that actor in for literally like 30 minutes and he got all his material done i think that this is the same room as the dorm i think that they shot everything i think it is one. yeah it's it's a redress yeah. set probably yeah i totally yeah. believe that yeah so there's lo- there's lots of topless dancing going on bachman Finds a little puppet, which I think this is this character's from Devil Dolls, right? Uh, he has a name I don't want to say. <laughs> it's a phrase I think that is pretty outdated. Just the character's name, and uh, he's sitting there smoking. It's, it's like Greg, it's, how dare you? <laughs> uh, it's like a little, it's like a little native puppet, probably offensive just in its appearance, like um, ab- more Aboriginal. Looking yes, exactly. Kind of yeah. yeah, reminds me of is it Trilogy of Terror? Like that anthology movie where one of them is yes, like a killer yes, yes, yes. doll thing. It looks like that. Yeah, with Karen yeah. Black. Yeah. Um, so it's sitting there smoking a cigarette. Uh, Bachman then, uh, he meets a dwarf. Well, I have to assume is a character from another movie as well. Right? Um, this one I didn't know. I think I looked it up, but I don't remember what, what he's from now. But uh, he kind of says some vaguely, you know, threatening things. Then he meets a woman with goth boobs, as he says. She's got, like, teeth on her bra. Uh, she kind of starts giving him a lap dance. 
it starts like biting him the bra right this is what happens it starts like chewing on him like biting his neck and stuff as the so puppet each, masturbates <laughs> yeah each each time they're like soul sucked or whatever that is yeah. part of it is that the strippers have on some sort of bra that then eats them or like <laughs> chews and bites them yes and like the second one's even funnier because they're second sharks. One's great. I love the and second then they, one. they're making yeah. all these Jaws references <laughs> as they're doing it. This scene really makes me laugh because as Bachman is dying, he's like still getting a. Uh, he's either having currently having sex with her or still getting a lap dance. It's not exactly clear, right? But he says "I love you" as she's killing him. <laughs> like he's still, like he's like still kind of into it. I thought that that was a really funny choice. Um, Greg, you're gonna tell me you've never been in that situation. <laughs> no comment. No comment. So uh, everyone wakes up. They discover Bachman is dead. Uh, their first idea is they have to dump the body because of all the weed around the apartment. They don't want anyone poking around. Even though I feel like you could easily just hide everything, right, and not have to worry about. It. But of course, you know they're they're stoners and they don't know what to do. So. They decide they're going to dump the body before Larnell's grandfather, Cyril, comes to visit, starting my favorite scene in the movie. Because this is just so fucking absurd. From like a writing standpoint, just everything about the scene is so ridiculous. Cyril comes to visit. He starts like chastising everybody. He knows all the roommates. He's calling them all slackers. But he meets Alistair. Like- he thinks Alistair is like a stand-up kid. Yeah. Yeah, and but, I love how he refers to his grandson. Was it uncle or it's his, his grandson. grandfather? Yeah. Um, says he has a mind like a urinal puck. <laughs> yes. I don't know what that means, but it is extremely insulting. He he has all this the great, all girls. the best lines. Is he really? Oh wow! Yes, it's been a minute since I've seen that. I did not reckon. I did not know that. That's that. Oh, I love Showgirls. I have to watch it now and look out for Cyril. Um. So he he's there because he's telling Larnell about that he got remarried and that Larnell has a new grandmother. Larnell makes a very bizarre joke about having us having her around for him to bang too, right? That's well, what he's implying. Yeah. So he's yeah, that was I weird. guess like yeah, they said he he comes from money, <laughs> and so we're assuming that it's grandpa with all the money. And yes. he's just referring to like, oh man, I bet you got one smoking hot wife with all that dough you got. And they're just like, yeah, then, she's yeah, hot. Like, he's the, he's agreeing at first, yeah. And then yeah, Lorel makes the, some joke, joke about... Is, yeah, like, you expect at some point, like, you're going to marry such a young woman, a, you know, a, <laughs> yeah. a, a gold digger that's gonna be his grandson's age. And yeah, that like, oh, you know, a piece for me to, you know fuck on the side and it just gets so awkward when he says it. it it's hilarious the way it like he says that then it lingers on cyril's face like he's like kind of happy and laughing along about how hot his wife is and then he just gets like so disgusted by that and starts chewing him out calling him a douchebag saying he's got a you know he's a per he's a stupid pervert who can't stop thinking with his gross disgusting penis i think is the line it's great the word choice is excellent. i i've heard that a couple times Oof. so oh boy <laughs> well you gotta stop saying things like that to your grandfather <laughs> well like if my grandpa would stop marrying hot women it wouldn't have an issue <laughs> so then there's just something about like I, I laugh so hard when it cuts back to larnell and he's just like geez grandpa i'm sorry it was just a joke 
And it's like just the absurdity of this moment of like having to apologize to your grandfather for saying you want to have sex with his new wife. I, I thought this scene was was pretty funny. I thought this was good I, stuff. Honestly, the joke coming up is the best joke in the movie for me. Yeah. So we then get the introduction <laughs> of the new wife. So then she walks in. Um, it's uh, the actress's Mayla Board, who people might recognize as Gladys from It's Always Sunny in the Dennis System episode. Um, I think she just have a couple of times throughout that series. But she walks in. The joke is that she's incredibly old, which, I mean, it's a, the proper age for the grandfather. But the, all the all the, the stoners are, like, mad that she's old. They're, like, ups- they're really upset by this. <laughs> it's so bizarre. Well, it's even more bizarre because, like, she was parking the car... And she comes up, she's so slow, goes right to the couch and, like, falls asleep. Yes. And then Grandpa's basically implying that, like, she's a hell hellcat in bed, and she is so exhausted <laughs> because they were fucking before they came over. This is the part where it's like, I, I was the right amount of high to appreciate this stupid juvenile humor about about this, like... About your grandfather marrying a woman. I, I don't know. It was It's just so strange. I was just saying, uh, Jacob Wilkin is the actor playing Cyril. Uh, he does such a wonderful job in this scene. Like, he, he's very, very funny. Uh, so that night, they're all talking about... <laughs> they're making jokes about the grandmother being old. I, I, just, I don't understand why it upsets them so much. Like, they're all, like, angry for this. Like, her? Really? Like, she's... I can't believe it. I'm like, she's probably the same age as the grandfather. <laughs> what is the big deal here? So when they're all asleep, the bong starts calling to Larnell. He takes a hit and also gets sucked into bong world. The bong is now has a full face as well. It's kind of gained power since uh, it devoured Bachman's soul. So this is where we meet the ginger dead man. Uh, he also starts masturbating just like the other puppet. <laughs> There's a running theme here. Uh, unfortunately, he is not of voiced course. by Gary Busey this time. Yeah. But he's really just there to just, you know, I guess they needed, they just had the prop laying around. So they reused it for this. I do like how Bachman is there as well. And like they have an introduction and meeting. And yeah. he's just like getting a lap dance. He's like, yeah, come on, man. It's great in here, right? He's totally fine. Total, yeah. He's, he does not have a problem there being there whatsoever. It seems like after you get killed in Bong World, things are pretty chill. I mean, you know, you just sit around in a strip club and hang out with a bunch of puppets and weird people doesn't seem so bad that's um, my goal in life yeah exactly <laughs> so larnell's grandfather cyril appears again in in the bong world uh starts yelling at him more about how he's lazy and you know good for nothing uh the security guard kicks him out so yeah again things are seem pretty nice here for larnell he starts getting a lap dance from a stripper she has like you mentioned earlier has sharks on her bras and they he sticks his hand into one of them and it starts gnawing on his hand this is the funniest death in the movie by far because like you said they're making jaws puns uh it's like just, I'm, i i need a bigger boat like yes you know, it's, absolutely it's in there yeah. like that yeah <laughs> just the visual of a man yelling with his hand in a shark's mouth attached to a woman's bra you know where else are you going to see anything like this than other than evil bong um, oh, I need to mention, too, the voice of the evil bong that we've heard uh, periodically is played by Michelle Mace. I think how you say her name, M-A-I-S. Uh, she's got a great voice for this. I think, I think she's actually also pretty funny, especially later when she's talking with Tommy Chong. I think she does a great job. 
She was in trading places and don't tell mom the babysitter's dead as well. Little bit parts. Okay. I yeah, was thinking I'd... maybe a, a Kathleen Turner would be a good <laughs> a good voice for something for a little more something a little that. more like sultry, possibly. Yeah, you yeah. know, like maybe a I guess I guess I did want Jessica Rabbit just to show up. But you know, <laughs> that kind of raspiness and you know yeah, like you said, sultry. Yeah, I, I think you just want to hear a sexy bong with the voice of Jessica Rabbit. That's just your ideal woman, you know. It's <laughs> <laughs> what I dream of every night. Yes. So this is where a scene where we kind of have a double date between Alistair and Chet. I kind of also just like that Chet and Alistair seem to genuinely become something of friends. You know, like early on, like like uh, Chet is such a douchebag and like is a giant jerk. But then they're like on this double date together and he's like kind of encouraging him about he's being crass about it. But he's like basically telling him, yeah, you have a shot with with Janet. Yeah. Yeah. You know, but it's, 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 it is it's, more <laughs> just of like, I, you know, my girl's friend is coming as well. You know, yeah. if you distract her, I can go get some. But even like they play Trivial Pursuit. And he's yes. like, oh, good job. And then he just burps right in his face. Like, I don't think he's really a friend. No, just, but there's something. There's still something about it. You can about, do something for it, me. Yeah. Right. Some friendships are like that. Exactly. Yeah. You know, um, I, I find it vaguely endearing. You know, it was, it was strange. Uh, <laughs> so they all smoke from the bong, with the exception of Alistair. And this is where the actress playing Lou Ann. I mean, we've already talked about how she's got that funny moment earlier with stealing the weed. And then I like her thing about the the bong being a moldy dick but this is where she really stands out as the smoking this weed i guess gets her crazy horn i just it you know cartoonishly horny and she starts just like gyrating and like bouncing yeah. around the room it's, she pulls out like... a condom and like inflates it with her mouth <laughs> she has so much it, energy it... like if i could just yeah, have it's... that amount of energy over the course of one day that'd be cool. it's it's crazy yeah it is, and then it is totally uh, like the the like stereotype in reefer madness or something yes like she, one hit and she turns into a nymphomaniac they're not yeah. even using you guys have smoked from hookahs right have you like with multiple hoses mm-hmm. so if you have right, multiple right. hoses on a hookah you have to plug up all the other holes so that one person can get smoke out of one of the hose. And, but they have, like, the top is open. The top of it yes. is open. That doesn't seem to be plugged up at all. So air is coming through that. And then they have two hoses just sitting out, not being, like, one of them is just kind of hanging there. So they're, in reality, I know this is like a nitpicky thing, but in reality, if you inhale <laughs> and you just have, like, one hose that's not plugged and the top of it is just open, you're just going to be sucking air and no smoke is going to come through. This is Kill's version of Neil deGrasse Tyson, like, chastising James Cameron's <laughs> Titanic for not being accurate to the stars that are in the sky. Uh, I also it's think you never really accurate. see where they, you uh, you also never really see where they light it from, right? They're always just kind of no, on the they, other they side of the bomb. There's, a, there's the uh You see the bowl? Part. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I, I think you only see it a few times. I must have, must have not, it just didn't stick with me, I guess. You were token uh, up when it happened. Yeah, I could be wrong with this. I should have double-checked this before saying this, but I think if you ordered like a certain edition of this movie from Full Moon, they sent you like a mini bong like of EB. That is correct. One of our friends did that. Yeah. That's right. Nas has it, right? Usable? Yeah. 
I think so. No? Not usable? Oh, well, that's too bad. But it's still cool to have, right? It's only a neat a neat prop, you know? It might be usable. I don't know, but it, it wasn't nuts. That's why I was shaking my head. Oh, oh, gotcha, gotcha. Um, that's right, yeah. Uh, but yeah, I mean, that is a, that's a cool thing to, to include with this, you know? That'd be a, that'd be fun. And maybe, I, maybe I'll try to track that down and use it while I watch the rest of the series. That's what I you know? thought was because the, our, our friend had sent us these pictures of this little this little evil bong and so that's what i thought it was because i'd never seen the movie and then when that package arrives at the door i was like that's a that's a lot of packaging for like a (laughs) tiny little several inch tall bong and then once they pull it out three feet tall at least least. yeah uh oh okay so chet falls asleep while she is doing this weird crazy horny dance thing she possibly said i kind of miss what she said and she passes out but it almost sounded like a slur to me like a particular slur it does not sound good, whatever she says or before she passes out. Um, so she and Chet get sucked into Bong World. Um, oh, she also bounces on a pogo stick for a minute. Oh, just yeah. Just to com- complete the craziness. That was weird. It's I, she, uh, she also dragged it across the room with them because they were on one side of the room and then they were going to like <laughs> go chill out on the chair together and she dragged it over there with her. Well, she was doing it like hands free, right? She just like literally had it between her legs, jumping. Yes. I thought it was it was more like implying some sort of right. sexual yeah, yeah. thrill but it's, from it's... it. <laughs> That's what I thought too. But she had it kind of low. It was like closer to her knees where the hand right. was. But I thought that was kind of what they were implying too. Yeah, madness. Yeah, uh... Greg's like it was beautiful. <laughs> Uh, so, uh, they notice that, um, Alistair notices that Larnell is dead. He immediately deduces that this is supernatural. I guess he's had some reason to believe that, because it's haunted. But he's just like, well, uh, you know, doesn't he see their essence? Beyond our reality. Does they see it like... after his monologue, yeah. Yeah. Well, he, uh, like, uh, Bachman's dead in the basement, and then when they're having the double date, Chet's, like, passed out on the chair, and they're like, well, he's just super stoned, you Correct. know, it's, it's no big yeah. deal. And then that's when he's like, "Oh, he's he's dead. We got to do yeah. something. Like this is this is an issue." Uh, we go back into Bong World, and then the girl like gets carted off by the bouncer for yes. complaining about all the the strippers or something. <laughs> uh, yeah, Chet meets a woman that he called ugly earlier. It's like a former woman that he he was seeing or having sex with or Brent. something. Um. Oh, Brett. I've been, I've been saying Chet so much, haven't I? Yeah. I think oh, it's been it? Brett. Okay. It's Brett with a yes. B. Yes, whoops. Yeah, I, all my notes after the first one are Chet. Whoops. <laughs> so, Brett. Yeah, he meets this girl. She's the one that kills him the same way. I think she she bites his dick off is what it's implied, right? Uh, his genitals get chewed off. So, uh... <laughs> Back in the real world, this is about an hour into the movie. Tommy Chong just strolls into the apartment. No, yeah. again, kind of like the ad uh, about the the bong in the first place. There's no like setup for this at all. Just he walks in, and we learn that the bong is his. He is playing Jimbo. Um, at this point, but it's only his... Alistair and Jimbo awake. Yeah, and, go ahead. Uh, yeah, yeah, like. His wife got rid of the bong, but yes. he knew it was evil and was like storing it. It killed all my I, friends, man. Yeah, 
It's yeah. so good. Uh, are you guys like Cheech and Chong fans at all? How do you guys feel about Tommy Chong? I've never seen any of the movies. Uh, I, I mean, I love him in that 70s show and yeah. like other things that he's popped into. Uh, you know, of course, for, you know, what, uh, being a, a felon because of sending bongs in the mail or something. But like, <laughs> you know, I, I love a good marijuana advocate. So, I'm, absolutely. You know, more power to him. I smoked a lot of weed when I was younger, so I remember watching Up and Smoke and thinking it was hilarious. And uh, I um I give him and Cheech Marin some credit for making cannabis a little bit more mainstream and being an advocate when you know it's always been illegal. But I, didn't he get raided at one point too? He's he's Canadian. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Another fun fact. And then he got <laughs> like raided because of his like openness about smoking weed and shit yeah yeah he also claims to have beaten cancer purely through smoking weed which would you know (laughs) that's awesome if if that's true that that's great Uh, that's a real bob marley type medicine you know exactly Um, yeah i guess of of all of it like cheech marin was the one yeah because he didn't treat it yes yes oh i like he had preventable he had preventable cancer and decided not to seek treatment and just smoked weed instead. And yeah, for all, although for anyone out there that thinks you can cure it with weed, weed definitely 100% helps the process, you know, the treatment. And I think there are some noted benefits um, and things like that. But yeah, definitely cannot cure it. Um, I, I love Tommy Chong. I have actually seen him and Cheech Marin perform live once. Uh, I saw them oh, perform wow. some songs, and they did a little bit of stand-up and a sketch or two. It was it was absolutely hilarious. It, it was fantastic. Yeah, uh, I love Tommy. I love this addict. I love the type of stoner he he just is. Yeah, you know, the old burnt-out hippie that is like incredible. He does that. He was in Color anybody. Out of Space, the Nick Cage one that's on Shutter. That oh was, yeah, he's he, was he good is that. fantastic. That's right? Yeah, yeah, he's great in that. Yeah, he's really, really good in that movie. Um, I love it. I love impersonating Tommy Chong. You know, killed all my friends, man. That line, when as soon as he said it, I was cracking up. Uh, he's really good in this. I think he's a really good, like, he's got a really good energy, and he comes in late into this movie where it is sort of, like, after that weird horny dance, like, you kind of are bummed to go back to the strip club yet again. You know what I mean? But I feel like as soon as he enters, like, it is a breath of fresh air. Uh, he says that the strip yes. club is just called There. And uh, <laughs> he knows he has to stop the evil bong. Um, Alistair decides he's going to go in after Janet. Jimbo just gives some, you know, oh, here's some, here's some vitamins, man. Just not really explaining what they are, right? But right. they're going to help you, like, not become stoned, I guess. So I thought they were, Alistair like, goes niacin in. or something. You know, I, when I was a... Yeah. Like, in, you know, a kid. It's like, oh, I have to take a drug test. I got to eat all this niacin. And then, like, they get, like their faces would be all red and shit. <laughs> I did not know that was a thing. Oh man! See, I don't with, know if that works my... or anything. I just know it's one of those things that, like, niacin is supposed to help pass a drug test yeah. or something. I don't know if that's real or not, but I do remember in my youth people take like taking way too much niacin, yeah, old tablets, and then their faces would turn bright red. My my friends would either buy like a little thing and fill with fake urine and like sneak it in that way and just use that or they would like drink a bunch of detox stuff and try to pee it all out before their tests I, d- the I, uh, 
I wasn't fake urine, but it was clean urine, and I did that. <laughs> I did that one time, but I ripped it, and I like pee went all oh, over the no. place. I had pee all over the front of me, <laughs> and like, and then oh, the no. woman came in, and like, so, but I had some, you know, some got in the cup, and the woman came in, and she like made me do it again because I think she, it was very obvious that. <laughs> oh no! I had smuggled oh, in man. some clean urine. I mean, I I got the job, so I don't know. <laughs> They're like, you know what, if you're trying this hard to work here, like, you know, just don't worry about it. Yeah. Um, that's right. Oh, yeah, there was a store near us that sold fake urine. Just like you can go in and, and buy a couple cups of it, Damn. you know, for drug tests. Yeah. So uh, inside Bong World, uh, Alistair is trying to resist all the strippers. You know, um, the Bong is telling him to give in. <laughs> Outside of it, Jimbo is trying to destroy it with various tools. I love to just like cut him with, with like a hammer and then a chainsaw. Yeah. Like, try, I just love the, it, the idea that he just has that on hand, right? To try and to destroy it, it. He has, and then it's one of my favorite movie tropes of like, I have a bomb that is like five pieces <laughs> of dynamite wrapped together, and then a wind up alarm clock like yes, destru- stuck to the front of it. <laughs> hey, he came prepared. He knew what he had. What he was dealing with coming out here to stop this evil bong. So. Meanwhile, the bong is trying to, like, get him to reminisce about their time together and trying to convince him, you know, to take a hit. And he's saying he can resist, but then it starts spewing smoke out of the top, and so he starts inhaling that and getting high. Uh, again, very funny, as he's trying not to pass out. He's like, I told you, man, I built up an immunity, you know, and then it, but then it starts getting to him. Uh, inside, Alistair finds Janet. This is where they weirdly just run into to Tim Thomerson as Jack Death from the Transfer series. After, like, three lines, he just leaves, too. Um, like, hey, how do I get out of here? And then just like, uh, I don't know. Like, okay. It's, and they kind of just move like on. It seems like contractually obligated. You have to put Almost. me in, like, five movies a year. Well, we'll just give you this role. Alistair finds Janet, but she doesn't want to leave, and she's getting all weird and handsy and horny the way Luann was. Uh, this is where Bill Mosley comes in again. I, I don't know if he was playing another Full Moon character. I think he was, right? But he is, like, weird and threatening. And then out of nowhere, he's just like, no, I'm just joking. Hey, do you know how to get out of here? And then he's like, no, but we'll, like, tell you. It, it's such a weird turn. <laughs> but like, I thought yeah, that was... the exit? And Alice just, like, yeah. that way. And he just walks away. <laughs> Uh, I love Bill Mosley, of course, Chop Top from Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2, and uh, yeah. I don't remember his character's name from Devil's Rejects, but he's in the Rob Zombie films as well. Uh, yeah. yeah, he's great. I always love seeing, I love that he, I'm glad he got a paycheck for this, you know? I hope he got a paycheck for this. Who knows? Uh, so this is where the bong starts giving its motivations. It gets stronger and people smoke weed from it, and it wants to rule a stoned world, turn all the oceans into bong water, you know? <sighs> Uh, <laughs> which like, hey, look, what is so is what is so wrong with this plan? You know, I don't understand why we have to stop. Nothing. Let the bong win. Yeah, <laughs> it's like uh, you know, invasion of the body snatchers. The world is going to be a better place if we let them. Yeah, win. definitely. And this I is another mind bizarre having, moment. Like, sharks on my boobs, either. That would be kind of cool. Some sort of <laughs> weaponized cannibalistic. Absolutely. Love it, yeah. See, we're all for it. We're all we're all pro bong here, pro evil bong. Uh, yeah, sure. Yeah, I, I don't understand what's so wrong. Again, everyone seems happy after they die too in Bong World. They're just sitting around with strippers, 
you know, like Larnell got to kick his grandfather out, like got some catharsis there, I'm sure, you know. We do need to investigate the strip clubs to make sure that that they are like above board because I know seedy things can happen. That's very true. But if there are sharks on the boobs, less seedy things will happen. That's yeah, true. sharks and boobs Im- implies that they're you know they're giving these these strippers and some form of self defense. They can maybe fight all back. of the strippers they collectively own the strip clubs together and make decisions a maybe. co-op democratically. Yeah, yeah. co-op. I strip love club. that. The first co-op strip club. Bong World is a socialist paradise. <laughs> <laughs> you know, evil bong twenty twenty four. I'm I'm already casting my vote. <laughs> Speaking of like uh, vote, election, vote so, evil bong slash ginger dead man for president, yes. vice president. Well, him, I don't know. You know, that's that's a little yeah. Well, maybe maybe Jack Death or something. Um, <laughs> so uh, this Alistair, in response to hearing the bong's plans, he gives a weird like patriotic speech, like this is a country about freedom and stuff like that, like freedom to get high and or to not get high if you don't want to. All right, is this what he's talking about? But the, the tone of it is really bizarre. Like, he's suddenly, like, very pro-America. Well, it's, <laughs> come on. It's 2006. We live in a post-9-11 world at that true, point. True, true. So... Yeah, this is still the era where the Dixie Chicks are canceled for criticizing Bush. Yeah. Exactly. We're freedom fries. Mm-hmm. Totally. So, uh, Alistair gives Janet the vitamins to snap her out of it. Uh, this is where Jimbo enters the, the strip club, and he tells them they, they, should, they need to get out. He's going to stay behind and finish things. He, like, reveals that he's got, a, you know, the bomb on him, and he blows up alongside EB, uh, shattering her in the real world as well. He calls her a bitch, like, six straight times. <laughs> just, like, just it, constantly, just over and over. Yeah. It, it rivals Freddy Krueger in Dream Child. <laughs> just how many times they just throw it out there, just, you know, at the end. Um when they're back in the real world, the bong is broken, and everybody wakes up just fine, coming back to life. Uh, <laughs> Bachman comes out from the basement. He's, he's yes, okay. Yes, Bachman comes out, yeah. That he's part, confused I, by, I laughed like, out loud, because he was like, I was just like covered with a bunch of trash in the basement for some reason. <laughs> <laughs> he has no clue what happened. Body. They just threw him but, out. Yeah. He says, we must have had one hell of a party last night. <laughs> So this is, there's a great moment where uh, where uh, Janet is like, oh, what about Jimbo? And then you're just like, oh. Alistair says, truly a hero's demise. And then they just like, smile and hug after he says that. And that, that. I thought that was very, very funny. What a response to somebody sacrificing themselves to you. Uh, just how happy they are after they hug it. That really, really tickled me. Uh, and then, is it, I don't know if it's post-credits, but like our last thing we see... Is Jimbo is actually still he still exists in he, some form. He's still in there. Yes, he is yeah. now the leader or the king of there, and he's with all the strippers who are like kind of on the ground around him. And I thought this was a fantastic final joke. I loved it, like final visual. But they're like, "Oh, what are we gonna do?" And he's like, "Oh, why don't you ladies play with my Hot Wheels?" And he pulls out little Hot Wheels cars. He talked about he had some joke earlier about Hot Wheels as well. But then they just, like, he gives them all Hot Wheels, and they start just, like, playing with little cars. He's, like, driving them around her boobs, like the, the girl on his right. Like, it, like, it is... Implying that they're hills <laughs> and the car can't make it up. I loved it, and it automatically made me think 
of Ben Affleck in Armageddon. <laughs> you have to refresh me. It's been so many years since I've seen Armageddon. Oh, you don't. Oh, you don't remember this one? It's like him and Liv Tyler, and they're like having a picnic, and he has little animal crackers oh that are God. like going down the Sahara. Yes. I remember like this on now. her stomach, implying like they're going into the the <laughs> wild bush of her pubic Which is, region. That's that's the last thing that that he says. Like, oh, it's going into the bush, and then it cuts. I I thought that was a very very funny final joke. Just the absurdity of seeing Tommy Chong drive a car on a woman's bare breasts, or like push a little car around. Like, so so silly. Uh, I mean, it's what we all strive for in a relationship, right? Right, yeah, that's where we all want to get to that place where you can we're comfortable enough to drive Hot Wheels across each other's bodies. Yes, <laughs> guys, I I enjoyed this stupid fucking movie kind of a lot. Like I I laughed uh, a, a lot, and uh, I I did end up actually falling asleep near the end of it, and I had to go back and rewatch some of it, and I was happy to rewatch the some of this you know some of the things that I had already seen. I was just like, oh, yep, this is still funny to me. And uh, I don't know if you're ever with a bunch of people, and you know you're you're past you're passing around your own bong. This is a good time. <laughs> I think yeah, this is funny. It could probably be like better in a group setting. So yes. I, I could feel that. Um, well, I guess we can give some final thoughts. And what do we want to rate this out of? Shark bras. Right. Hey, sometimes you hit it on the first try. I think yeah. we got it. Yeah, so then I can uh, go ahead and start us off and uh, give my review and rating since I'm hosting today. Uh, I think this is a pretty standard, like, dumb stoner comedy. I think it's better than some other stoner comedies from the early to mid-2000s. Or I would take this over, like, Dude, Where's My Car? Which is not a movie I dislike, but I think this is, like, a step above that. Wow. In terms of, like the writing <laughs> and performances um what okay yeah. yeah i mean look that movie that is a fun movie but as like a stoner you know there's better options out there i think um i think that this is like a fun enough time it's not a good horror movie at all it's not scary or creepy <laughs> the kills are pretty lame although they are funny like the shark one especially is is pretty hilarious but other than that they're like you know, not good kills. There's not a lot of blood. It's at least creative. They're at least they least saved creative, a lot yeah. of money and not using a lot of blood. Yeah, you can. They didn't want. Hey, really? really couldn't. Blood, right? They couldn't stain that set because it had to be the it had to be the apartment as well. You know, so they couldn't get blood over the apartment. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I I do think that this is a, this is a fun enough time. Um, I really like Tommy Chong. As soon as he enters, like it just is kind of like a you know a straight shot to the end, and uh, yeah, I, I liked it. I'm I'm giving it exactly three shark bras. Wow, kill. Do you want to go? That's the same score that you gave the good son. Just no way. <laughs> yeah, that movies. I... <laughs> I no, I did change it to. The... I think I changed it to three. Um, yeah, no, yeah, it was a two point five. You guys denied. You guys denied my change. So I guess that's yeah. still true. <laughs> but you know they're both movies that i enjoy but don't love but like i can get like something out of watching them you know and there's parts i like and other parts it's like it, it drags a little especially with only being one location but yeah i think it's entertaining i thought it was fine 
I liked the good son better. <laughs> I, um, <laughs> it, yeah, it was silly. It was fun. You know, I wasn't going into it thinking it was going to be a great movie. And it was definitely, honestly, better than I thought it was going to be. Um, there were some funny things. And I agree if you're just, you know, high with a bunch of friends and you want to watch a stoner type of horror movie. Yeah. And you're all sorry. Right, it wasn't a great horror movie. It really wasn't no. very horror-esque at all. Uh, but I would give it, because I, I laughed a couple of times, and because of the shark boobs, it was like every every <laughs> bra, every boob was different, too. It wasn't just sharks, but because of the cannibalistic creature like boobs, in I, real I life. really like that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to give it a 2.5. Shark bras? Yep. I, I really struggled with this movie, and I... I didn't even expect great things, and I was, I was really disappointed. <laughs> um, it's just such a like poorly put together movie. As we talked about, there the music is just so odd. Sometimes there was a point where they were the score was just a rap song about <laughs> them like moving Bachman's body, and it was just like this is bad this is bad and i like i wanted to like laugh and enjoy myself tommy chong is the shining thing of the whole movie and even then it's just it's not enough to sustain me throughout the whole thing you know i enjoyed pretty women you know dancing around like but that's not why i'm watching this movie <laughs> like I, I need some sort of joke besides this old woman uh, is a hellcat in bed and you know the the hot wheels was probably the the old woman and the hot wheels are really the highlights of the whole thing but it, that doesn't do enough i did also notice in the credits the post-production supervisor's name was bobby booberman Ooh, wow. and i don't know if that's a real name i looked him up he's done some other uh full moon stuff but that's just if you were coming up with a fake name to put on this movie, I I cannot think of a better one. Yeah. Bobby Booberman. It must be another Charles Band pseudonym, you know, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> he needed to, another paycheck, so he just like yeah. creates an alias to, to do that. He's like he's like the Cohen brothers, you know what I mean? He's he's doing all these things behind the scenes and not taking yeah. credit for it. Yeah. Wearing different hats, yeah. Yeah. Yes. I uh, I'm going way low on this one. This is one out of five shark bras. Wow, wow, man! It's, I can't and imagine it's reading. Lucky, it's lucky it didn't get the half star. Ooh, it almost did. Ooh, Murph. Oh boy, I think that's your lowest, <laughs> that is lowest score to date. I think so. Yeah. So you'd say you this guys... is worse than Microwave Massacre? I can't. I gave Microwave, Microwave Massacre, Massacre a five. Four. Oh, was it four? Yeah, four stars. <laughs> mm-hmm. Which is also what you gave yeah. Christine. <laughs> yeah, I, I, this is four times. Microwave Massacre is four times better than this. It's shorter. Uh, is it? Oh, yeah, I think you're right. Yeah, probably. I mean, th- this is a short movie though. It's not like this overseas. That's. I mean, it, it gets a little slow with the same room stuff, but you know, you could have cut twelve to fifteen minutes off of this movie, and it, it would have not affected anything whatsoever. Fair enough, you know. Uh, maybe you just need to find a different strain to watch this too, or something. You know, maybe that's it. Could be. Could be. <laughs> well, yeah, that's gonna do it for our our talk about 
evil bong. Are you guys going to watch the rest of the series? Well, I mean, we just talked about before this, Caleb, like you're not a fan of sequels, but will you make an exception for Ginger Dead Man versus Evil Bong? No. <laughs> I think that's the best call. Asked and answered. Okay. No, but again, I really only watch them with you and our friends, so I don't, I don't know if, uh, if I'm feel if I'm in the mood for it, and somebody suggests it, then sure. But I typically don't seek them out. Well, I guess we know what Greg will pick if we do a month of sequels. Absolutely, one hundred percent. God, Evil Bong six six six, definitely. Well, it's my pick for next week on a special episode. Comes out four twenty. We're gonna be yeah. watching the nineteen ninety nine. Cult classic, Idle Hands. This is, is going to be a classic? first watch for me. I probably not, but I I I enjoyed it when it came out. It's been years since I revisited. It. You know, it has quite a few famous people, or I guess fame is a a loose term. Quite a few, <laughs> I guess, is a loose term for that. But like, two it has some recognizable major... people. Two major recognizable people, and then others that have been in quite a few things. So I would say three pretty recognizable I'm excited. people, but at least four. No, I would oh, say well, four pretty I, recognizable. Well, we'll come back to it next week yeah. when we're talking about Idle Many Hands. Uh, thank you for listening. You can always reach us email weeklypodcastmassacre at gmail.com we have both uh, Twitter and Instagram at weeklymassacre hit us up, let us know what strains you're smoking um, the device that you like to smoke out of if it has stolen your soul at some point if um, you have a familiar type of person like a Tommy Chong in your life like what have they done for you and um uh, if, if there's anyone that wants to play Hot Wheels with me, let me let me know. <laughs> um, hey, you know that's a good question to ask real quick, Murph. Uh, I know you own a bong. What what is its alignment? Is it evil, good, true, neutral? What would you say? It, it's it's probably chaotic neutral. I'd say <laughs> chaotic neutral. That's a good way to yeah. I think most yeah. bongs by default are chaotic neutral, right? I'd imagine. But I talk about I've our pieces next week. Bong. Yeah, yeah, it's a good idea. Yeah, we'll talk about that next week because there's a there's an interesting piece in next week's movie that we'll talk about. All right, looking forward to it. Thank you all for listening, man. We'll catch you next week on the weekly podcast massacre. Smoke up. I don't know. I think we said smoke <laughs> no, we weed said every day last week. Smoke weed every day. Smoke weed. Smoke, smoke weed, weed every day, day, man. Yeah. Let's do it, man. I'm smoke Michael from Portland. Thank you for listening. Bye. I'm Greg. Bye. <laughs> Bye. I'm Kill. I don't know what we want to start with. Anything? I don't have any Oscar day. It's Oscar's day. You well, have any notes for, for Evil Bong? No. So what happened was my, I could not, first of all, I couldn't find a link. And then the link that you sent me from that soap website was like, 
Yeah. Yeah, I, I watched the first, like, went up until they got the package, and then it stopped working, and I couldn't get back into the website. Like, oh, it kept man. Just, I would click, like, that welcome button, and it just kept, like, going back to the welcome thing, and so I was like, nah, fuck it, I'll just, it'll be like you guys telling me about the movie, I guess, because I can't see it. <laughs> and then I was like, I'll try it again. So then a couple hours later, I, like, restarted my computer, I tried it again, and then I could watch it, but it was, like, really shitty and skippy quality, and then I saved yeah. the document, and then um, now my computer is not starting, so... Oh my god. <laughs> Any notes for it? <laughs>